0: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go
1: and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
2: We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. We are loved in the heart of the goddess, we are loved, we are loved, we are
3: loved. What in your life needs to heal? Is it something in your body? Is it in your thoughts or your feelings? Welcome to the Empowered Healer Show with your host, Dr. Susan Allison. Our program will present healing methods and ideas to help you change the challenging parts of your life and support the people who mean the most to you. Now, here is Dr. Susan Allison.
4: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empowered Healer Show. I'm Dr. Susan Allison, and as I always say every week, and I mean every word of it, I'm so glad that you're here. I hope that your day is going well, and your week, and your life. You know, I got to talk to someone today I haven't seen in 18 years, which is a long time. I was so glad to see her. And I told her about today's show with Dr. Len Siputa and the topic of the future of medicine and radical health care reform. And she got very animated and told me about Norway, where she has uh, been and I think lived, and told me that their model is amazing and that we should adopt it. Every person has free college, a free college education, 100% is paid for, and everyone has free health care from birth to death. And yes, they have higher taxes than we do, but they also provide all of this for of uh, their people. So I was really excited to hear about that, and it also made me wonder what in the heck is wrong with our country. And I heard someone say recently that, you know, the business of America is business. And that's so true. And as our guest, Dr. Len Saputo says in his book, A Return to Healing, that it used to be a medical profession and now it is a medical business. And adds, you know, that the AMA, the FDA, pharmaceuticals, and Congress are pretty much in league. They're in bed together. And, This has upset me for many years, and what's been upsetting me more lately uh, are all of the ads on television for drugs. I can't turn a program on just to relax, but I see ads for depression, ads for anxiety, ads for sexual dysfunction. and If you'll start noticing, it's really increased in the last year, and I just read that Sales of uh, prescription medications are up 40%. And the people are being brainwashed that they just can take a pill and all of their problems will go away and um, all of their symptoms to taking a little pill. And this is, to me, this is the disease model, which is, you know, wanting people, waiting until people are in crisis or sick or very, very ill. Um, and then focusing on um, helping, offering help at that time rather than focusing on wellness and prevention. So our guest today, uh, Dr. Len Saputo, is an expert uh, on this issue. I'm so glad to have him here. Um, he was a gra- graduate of Duke University Medical School and is board certified in internal medicine. He was in practice at the John Muir Medical Center in the San Francisco area for more than 30 years. His approach to healing is based on health medicine, which is an integrative, holistic, person-centered, and preventative model. And he'll talk about that on today's show. Len founded the Health Medicine Forum in 1994, which has sponsored hundreds of public and professional events. He also has founded Health Medicine Center in Walnut Creek, California, which is one of the first clinics to bring integrative health medicine into practice. He co-authored the book, Boosting Immunity, Creating Wellness Naturally, He's written numerous articles, and in 2009, he wrote a powerful text, which I recommend to all of you. I've read it and loved it, and it's called, A Return to Healing, Radical Healthcare Reform and the Future of Medicine. Over the past decade, Dr. Saputo has given 70 lectures. He's been on television and radio numerous times, and he offers a free website with over 2,000 audio and video files. I'm going to mention his website now, and we'll mention it later in the show. It's www.drsaputo.com, and I'd like to welcome Len Saputo to the show. Hi, Len.
0: Hi, Susan. You're such a a breath of fresh air. (laughs) I feel like a soulmate, and I I hardly know you, but I can't (laughs) wait to get to know you better today.
4: Oh thank you. And I felt that way just about meeting your your meeting your wonderful wife Vicky and also reading your book. I kept I kept practically cheering at every <laughs> chapter because I I believed in it so much and I don't have the I don't have the research background but I just know what I've been upset about just in terms of what isn't working. And um so I'm so happy to have you on the show cuz you can talk to us more specifically about the you know field of medicine and healthcare reform.
0: Well, it's good to have a foot in two camps. To, to become an expert in medicine takes a long time, and I've done that. Uh, I've practiced for 40 years now, mm-hmm. and I've kept up every day. I uh, read what's new in the news uh, in Reuters and where else I can find for, for at least uh, close to 20 years now. And to keep a foot in the other camp as well, which is more of the wellness paradigm, the complementary and alternative side the stuff that looks at uh, what we can do to be with people rather than do things to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a, and, and, it, and that gives credibility, and that's why I wrote the book.
4: Yes. Yeah, no, I love the book. You know, I, I, I'm going to start, though, kind of chronologically. I think it's just how my mind works. But mm-hmm. I wanted to start with your medical training because I was, I was struck by some words you used to describe your training. You said that it was misguided uh, it was even hazardous. it was based on separation and depersonalization, and that you became part of the problem and I wonder if you could talk about uh, about that a bit
0: yeah, you bet medical training is militaristic. I use that word as well, yeah. and it is not comforting. it is not uh, what it should be in terms of taking these young men and women who want to dedicate their lives to helping humanity, it's not dedicated to make them feel like they're special or important or uh, that they matter even. Uh, as you go through your training, uh, there's a lot of abuse uh, from the point of view of the hours. Uh, I mean, we're working 120 hours a week sometimes, which means uh, for months I was on for 36 hours and off for 12 and try to run a family that way or try to run a life that way or try to even learn that way. Yes. It's unnecessary and it's cruel and I think it's still happening today, not quite as much as before, but still way too much. I think that our young doctors in training should be revered as very special people, and they should be taught with compassion and love. They should be learning about community and about how to help and share and give rather than get defensive and feel like they're under the gun all the time. We don't learn through force or through legislation. We learn through inspiration and, and mm-hmm. determination because we know what we need, to, uh, how we want to spend our lives. So I, I, I'm so disappointed in the medical profession that way, but it's not just there, it's in other places in our culture as well. Mm-hmm. So we need to revise that. It needs to be something other than a business, which unfortunately a lot of uh, internship and residency is about. Yep. Did you know that it, it costs about one point Five million dollars to replace one surgical residency for their training, and if no. you have hundred or hundred and fifty people in your training program, you're talking about an awful lot of money that gets saved because we just abuse the residents and make them work mm. long, unrealistic hours.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen it. You know, in my husband and his illness, I've seen at, mm-hmm. uh up in Palo Alto. His healthcare, the residents they look exhausted they and. Are and they also were in their heads. Yeah. It, you know, we yeah, we yeah, just yeah. had a president come into the room when he was there just yesterday, and he was not empathetic. He was not compassionate. He right. was not even present. Well, he who was taught like, him
0: to be that way? See, exactly. if, you don't treat was, it, if you're not treated that way, where are you going to learn it? You can't get what you don't have.
4: Yep. Yep. No, he was like an automaton. He was like... Um, he was doing his task mm-hmm. and he was a clinician and yeah. he was very good at, you know, prescribing and looking at, right. at data. Right. And, it, and I also had just finished your book mm-hmm. and I was so struck with, you know.
0: Yeah, it makes you how, want to cry, doesn't it? Oh, I,
4: I was so sad actually. I, I felt compassion for him.
0: Yeah. He had know, the but, goodness beat out of him in a lot of ways because that man, seven or eight years ago, before he went to medical school, was this bright-eyed, bushy-tailed man who wanted to come and help people and to serve them and to be with them and to uh, get connected to them. And where is that now? Where is it today? And you're talking about a place like Stanford, but you could pick any country, I mean, any uh, university training program in the country. They're almost all like that.
4: I know. It's really sad. So I was happy, though, that you exposed that in your book and presented mm-hmm. it, and it made me understand it better.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah I, I wanted to ask... And this is just, you know, a little bit later in your, in your career, but what did you see that was wrong with the way medicine was being practiced? And this is in the average clinic and hospital in America, but in terms of your experience, what you saw as you um, started practicing medicine?
0: Yeah, well, see, it's a sick care paradigm. We expect to get sick. We expect to go to the doctor. We expect to get a silver bullet in the form of some kind of pill or technology, and we think that's going to fix our problem. And we forget about the essence of what a person is. And it's not just our physical, biochemical self. I mean, this whole thing of body, mind, emotion, and spirit is one inseparable thing. And and in medicine, we tend to focus on the physical, biochemical side and think that we fix that, that we've solved the problem. And while it may make people feel better because you're curing their symptoms, and that's a good thing from the point of view of not suffering, it's a terrible thing from the point of view of trying to look at what's the deeper underlying meaning of the illness in the context of of, of you and your whole life story. I mean, mm-hmm. Why did you get sick? Yep. The body is a wonderful reflector of our psycho-spiritual essence and it will perform as it needs to to teach us what we need to learn about what's happening in our lives. But we don't look at it that way so much. We've lost that old indigenous approach where we look at the whole person and look at, at that person integrally as we relate to the entire universe that's the issue
4: you are so right i'm i'm just sort of dancing around here because i say the same thing in my book empowered healer bet you and do. you say it in your book the difference yeah. between curing and healing
0: mhm oh huge i look at at curing as a disservice uh because uh we are taking away that stimulus that was offered by Mother Nature. Call it what you want, God, universe, Mother Nature, to teach us something. Because these are, I mean, why get sick otherwise? If you believe, as I do and as Einstein did, that it's not just a roll of the dice that determines what's going to happen to you, then there's meaning to everything and very deep, sacred meaning. And if we don't pay attention to that, we just miss out on what happens in this experience at such a short time in our lives. It's not about the length of time we're here. It's about what we learn. It's how we evolve. It's how we progress. It's how we contribute. It's how we love and it. it's how we're loved. That is what it's about.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, you know, the body doesn't lie. You know, the body... Right you on know, right. You know and and when I have clients go in and and really listen to what they find there, and it always tells them, and the main message is, "I just wanted you to pay attention and change some aspect of your life, you know, and so many of the symptoms and even tumors and things have disappeared because people are paying attention and doing what they were told, you know, changing their relationship, changing their profession, whatever it is that's not working in their whole life that's right, you know
0: so right we 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 forget things like that, or maybe we never learned them, or we did, we're not exposed to it. We get into this world that we live in that has lost sight of why we're here. You know, we're like driving around a brand-new Maserati, and we haven't got any instructions about how to drive it or what it's for. And our, our lives are that way, too. We're not born with an instruction manual, and what we're born into in our communities, or societies, uh, is uh, not the best thing. Uh, for us I mean look at our schools we're learning about reading writing arithmetic and forgetting about culture and about who we are and how to express ourselves and how to be authentic and how to get along with one another I mean who wants to be a brilliant rocket scientist or a president if you don't have skills that make your life deeply rewarding because you have purpose
4: exactly exactly I want to just stop there we need to take a break Dr. Len Saputo is my guest today and we'll be right back
1: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel
3: Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121.
0: Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Seventh Wave Network.
1: Be the change. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
2: We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held.
3: You are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at one 866 Four seven two five seven nine five. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. Or you can send an email to the empowered at Comcast.net. Now back to the program.
4: Welcome back, everyone. This is the Empowered Healer Show of Dr. Susan Allison, and I'm having a fascinating discussion with Dr. Len Saputo, author of A Return to Healing, Radical Healthcare Reform and the Future of Medicine. And, uh, Len was just talking about his medical training, about the medical model and how it's been in the past, and we're going to, you know, segue into what he sees, uh, in integrative medicine and what is coming, which is really exciting. But I wanted to have you then talk about a catalyst in your life. Well, one was, was Vicki, your wife, Vicki's illness. And then, as you mentioned during the break to me, your own. So can you tell me how that sort of pointed you in a new direction?
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was a mainstream medical doc, absolutely, yeah, during the first 20 years of my practice. And I didn't go into it that way. I, I went into it with the idea that it would be of uh, connecting and spiritual and it would have a lot to do with emotional stuff and of course some biochemistry and physiology but it really got locked into the paradigm of medicine so i was sucked into it and i hated it in fact that's why i became a tennis player and spent most of my first twenty years traveling around the world playing tennis and you know, competitively in senior tennis uh... but when my wife got sick with this thing called primary anaphylaxis which is a condition that is supposed to be very rare that you have these recurring severe allergic reactions that drop your blood pressure and give you hives and cause GI symptoms, and uh, and you have to inject yourself with adrenaline and other drugs to survive it, mm-hmm. and a lot of the time wound up in the hospital. Well, we took her to the best allergist. We went to Stanford, where she was presented at Immunology Grand Rounds, and the answer was com- that came out was put her on prednisone, this horrible steroid. Uh, along with some other drugs and we did that and the reactions got better but she had the side effects of the steroids that I could see after a few months were going to be more serious than the illness itself Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and luckily came across someone I guess my antennas were up who told me about a test that was outside of the mainstream of medicine that could identify the things that we couldn't find in the mainstream so we did the test found the answer to her problems which were 41 allergies to many many things and over the course of 3 or 4 months got her off her steroids today she's alive and well and she a lot sure of things is. that were still were controversial there are still controversial today because the medical profession is so slow at accepting certain kinds of things so that was vicky's story
4: wow well and you know and i know that you have now you're embracing much more alternative you know alternative methods in your own clinic and but before we get into that, talk a little bit about your own illness that you started to tell me about.
0: Yeah, see, as a tennis player, I need my hips pretty badly. But a few years mm-hmm. ago, my hips started to go bad on the right side. And I realized that there was a procedure I could do that's called hip resurfacing, and I found the best surgeon in Northern California who will remain nameless for lots of reasons. Uh, great reputation, thought he'd do the job well, but as it turned out, I think he put the hip in, but it wasn't aligned as well as it could have been, and I have to admit it's a very tricky thing to do and why Mm -hmm. I looked for this man. And uh, what happened over a period of of the next 10 months is the hip failed and and a lot of filings came off that titanium hip that had cobalt and and chromium impregnated in it. And Mm. so I had to have it done a second time. And I thought, well, that's bad luck and it's okay, maybe the surgeon had a bad day. I thought, why go to another place to have it done? I could just have my doctors locally at my hospital do the surgery of just taking that hip out and putting a regular uh, hip in. And when I got to my doctors here, they said, "Oh no, this is infection," and they were absolutely convinced it was, even though it was 10, nine or ten months later. Mm-hmm. And they wanted me to go on to a procedure where they would go in, put a little, take out the old hip put in a new spacer impregnated with antibiotics and give me IV antibiotics for about four months, which were very potentially toxic, and then go back and do the total hip. And I knew I didn't have that. I mean, I'm a doctor with a lot of experience in ICU and CCU. So I said, no, it's not that. And we got to a place where it was just a stalemate. And they finally told me, look, we're the doctors. Why don't you just relax and let us do what we do and leave us alone? Mm. Said, no chance, it's never going to happen. We will have a relationship where I have the final word and decided that we should separate and go our own ways. So I went mm. back to my original surgeon and said, these are my problems. And He said, well, I have a younger man because he was retiring. He said, I have a younger man who can do the surgery. And he said, I agree with you, it's not infection, I'll do what you want.
2: Mm. So
0: he went ahead and put the whole new hip in. And when he got there, he found all the things that I was talking about That were there. It's called metallosis, which is cobalt poisoning. Mm. And the medical profession wasn't so in tune with that. In fact, none of my doctors believed that was even possible.
4: Oh God. But
0: indeed, that's exactly what it was. And today I'm fine. Now, had I followed my doctor's advice out here, I might have been in a box because I was sick enough that I wrote my last will and testament. Oh my gosh. And we thought I had cancer or a vasculitis or something terrible. Well, those are awakening experiences. Yep, and they reground you in what what is going on. And I'll have to say today, as I look back at at that illness that I had was that was near fatal, that it was a wonderful opportunity to learn from the experience of the process. I learned about patient empowerment or lack of it, of my doctor's unwillingness, even though I'm a doctor, to to share and make conclusions that were joint, and uh, that has made me much more humble. And willing yeah. to listen to my patients more deeply than even before.
4: Wow, fantastic! I'm sorry that you had that happen, and yet it, it was a w-
0: wonderful thing. I mean, it was I, a I gift. Now stand up, put my hands up in prayer, and thank the universe for putting me through that because of what I learned.
4: Yeah, it was a gift, wasn't it?
0: Definitely, and I will and, share that yep. gift because I've read the story on it, which will be on the site and will be published probably in the next few months.
4: Awesome. You know let's let's do a, a segue from Vicky's illness and what you learned in terms of alternative care and your own illness and in how you practice medicine today.
0: Yeah. That started in nineteen ninety four really as I, as I was beginning to evolve into somebody who realized that the sick care system we have that's predicated on powerful drugs, surgeries and technologies is far too dangerous for, for mainstream care. And what we need is a health care paradigm. So I started the Health Medicine Forum with six colleagues of different disciplines and within a few months there were 90 people. Mm-hmm. And since that time we've, we've lectured and met with thousands of people, uh, in, in events where we talk about how are we going to practice medicine the best. Mm-hmm. And what we came up with is there are four principles of what we called health medicine. One is that you be integrative, meaning you open your mind up to the mainstream plus all other things that might possibly be of any value to your patient. Mm-hmm. Second, you look at the whole person. So you're looking at integ- you're looking at holistic care, the inseparable yep. nature of body, mind, emotion, and spirit. It's one thing, not four pieces put together. Yep. Third, you want to look at the person and and work with them the way they want to be treated. So it's person-centered care. And fourth, of course. It needs to be preventive. Mm-hmm. So it's an integrative, holistic, person-centered, preventive model that I think is the medicine that we are longing for. And that doesn't mean throw away the medicine we have today. It just means put it in its proper perspective, where it's the last thing you do rather than the first thing, because it's too dangerous. Exactly. We lose a million people a year from medical problems: four hundred thousand from antibiotics, and six hundred thousand from mistakes and things that are just kind of weird.
4: Wow scary statistic
0: yes and it tells you why not promote lifestyle is the first thing how about diet exercise stress reduction sleep weight management avoiding environmental toxins and having a meaningful purpose in your life don't you think that's a good start
4: I do, and, you know, in other countries, people go for prevention. They go yeah. for wellness exams. You know, yeah. they go, you know, I'm thinking there's places like India, there are places mm-hmm. where, you know, mm-hmm. you go and you receive herbs or you receive True. treatment or whatever True. to enhance your life and keep you well. Yeah. So what happened here, Len? What has happened in America that we are in this, this disease crisis illness model?
0: Well, it's a it's the universal thing in America because it's not just medicine. It's business. It's law. It's medicine. It's science. It's religion. It's sport. And what we've done is commercialized America. So it becomes about the almighty dollar, and it's not so much about how can I give? How can I provide service? How can I share? How can I make this a loving place? And when you live in that paradigm of materialism as the number one thing that defines success You've missed out why you're on this planet, because it's not about whether you drive a Maserati or you're walking or driving the horse. It's about what you're getting out of your life. It's about being in the moment. It's about being connected. It's about sharing with other people. It's about having a community where people care. It's not this corporate democracy that we've moved into where Congress is so corrupt that you can't even get anything that's fair for the people who are in the country. That's happened in medicine and every other segment. So our challenge now is obviously not to just rebel and to cause revolution. It's about evolving to a higher level of consciousness where we actually become shifted in the way we look at how we live our lives. That is what has to happen.
4: Yeah, we're going to talk more about that, but I want to, I want to focus a little more specifically on the pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. you know, the FDA, the AMA, the American oh, yeah. Cancer Society, right. and Congress. Right. As I mentioned in my introduction, and mm-hmm. we're going to have to take a break in a, in a minute, but I'd like you to get s- just start on that, if you would.
0: Okay. Well, see, those are just manifestations of the culture when you talk about organizations yep. like that, because their goal is what? It's to try and convince you that what they're doing is what you need. So they want to sell it to you. And that's what we're looking about in all of those organizations. There would be none of them that are not like that. The American Cancer Society may be the worst example of that, where they're driven by the dollars from big pharma. They're convincing people they need all kinds of preventive tests, which they don't. And the next thing you know is you're looking at at somebody who maybe is getting a mammogram that doesn't need it, That they're finding Dr. Carcinoma in situ, of which 2% of people die, and the other 98% will live a relatively normal life, and treating them all because of the fear that goes with it. So Big Pharma funds American Cancer Society. The American Cancer Society gets says, go get your mammogram, and here you are with a system that is making more trouble than it's worth, especially in women who are premenopausal.
4: Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, that's a really good example. And I remember in, in your book, you also talked about the pressure on doctors. It seems to me that you're constantly being bombarded with you know, people who are trying to sell you uh, oh. drugs. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, I don't even let those people in my office anymore because it's very clear. Their job is to market to me, to have me buy their drugs. End yeah. of story. Yep. It's not because I'm Mr. Nice Guy and they want to go play golf with me. That's just a tool that says, hey, you want to go play at Silverado? Come with me and we'll have a great dinner. We'll spend the day doing that and you know, and we'll treat you to some other stuff. Mm. And while that's not happening so much anymore, it certainly did. And the conflict of interest is very obvious. Yes. I mean, big pharma should be ashamed of itself. It's a business that's promoting 400,000 deaths a year. 400,000 wow. deaths a year and millions hospitalizations and i'm not saying they don't do some good things they clearly do but you shouldn't be thinking about taking you know an aspirin or some kind of neurontin or some other pill or an antidepressant before you think about how are you going to help this person understand what their problem is and then find a solution that deals with the underlying cause rather than mask a symptom don't need that and that's what they're selling with their direct-to-consumer ads
4: no, I agree. And I want to, we have to take a break, but I want to talk about the advertising on TV, mm-hmm. which I am just so furious about right now. And we'll talk about that when we'll be right back. Great. Mm-hmm.
1: This is the Voice America
3: 7th Wave Channel. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.EmpoweredHealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121
1: What are the benefits to combining modern science with ancient healing practices? For the answers, you'll want to tune into Frame of Mind with your host Terry Sue each week, our program focuses on ways to live more holistically. By developing new ways of looking at our world, we can find ways to foster harmony and peace for the good of mankind and our planet. If we learn to live and think healthier, we begin to explore and focus on our strengths. Tune into to Frame of Mind, Saturdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on 7th Wave Network. Be Visionary Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
2: We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held. We are held.
3: We are held. You are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to Healer at comcast.net. Now back to the program.
4: Hi and welcome back everyone. Or if you're just joining us, this is the Empowered Healer Show. I'm Dr. Susan Allison and my guest, fabulous guest is Dr. Len Saputo, author of A Return to Healing, Radical Healthcare Reform and the Future of Medicine. And we were talking about the pharmaceutical companies before the break. And I want you, Len, if you could talk a bit about these, these ads, which yeah. are driving me, driving me crazy.
0: Well, yeah, every t- everywhere you turn, there they are, and the reason for it is because it sells drugs, uh, and that's, of course, the name of the game. But I have to say that the ruthlessness of the pharmaceutical industry cannot be too much more despicable, and I'm using word because they are outright murderers. I'll use that word because I can prove it, and I'll tell you a short story about one drug called Vioxx, which was an anti-inflammatory drug like Advil and Aleve and Motrin, and it, it's in a slightly separate class, but they're basically doing the same thing. And that drug in 1995, the company knew caused heart attacks and strokes. Mm. They concealed that information and they never told the FDA. And when it came out in 1999, they withheld it. Okay? And mm. we have internal records from their company because this came to lawsuits later and it shows that they absolutely knew it. So they just lied. In 2004, lots of people were having heart attacks and strokes as they knew they would, okay? And they expected they'd be sued. So in 2004 when the FDA finally came down on them uh, and said we need to uh, take this drug off the market. They said, "Oh, we'll take it off the market because we, you know, we know that uh, we just learned that this happened and we don't want that to happen." Well, they got sued for 5 billion dollars, which they'll lose. But they made 20 billion dollars. Oh my god. 50,000 people died because of that. Nobody went to jail. Now that's outright purposeful murder for the purpose of making money, not caring a stuff about the people. And that's a factual story because if it wasn't, I'd have been sued by now. And of course it's in my book and all over my website if you put that information Mm -hmm. in the database.
4: Wow. That's, that is despicable. It was a really good word that you used. No, I
0: couldn't find a stronger word, and so I, <sighs> I figured I might as well just call it the murder that it is. And yeah, the fact is. that the country, the Congress, that our legal system sits back and says, oh, well, that's just business. It's like, what the hell are they thinking? I mean, that's just unbelievable to me that people would be like that or could be so callous. I mean, is it about how much money you die with? Is it? <laughs> Hello?
4: Yeah. And that's it's not. not the
0: only drug. I mean, there are many others like that that are on the market should never be there. And it's not just me. I mean, look at Marcia Angel. Okay, she is the editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine for quite a few years. She quits her job. Why? Because she says the stuff that's coming to our journals is a pile of bull.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: why is it a pile of bull? Because it's being promoted by the pharmaceutical industry, which is funding these studies and then making its own interpretations afterwards, and they uh-huh. actually are responsible for two thirds of the of the amount of two thirds of the research that's published in our medical journals, in the mainstream ones. And she's not the only one. I mean, uh, Ushmanil from the uh, from another journal uh, did the same thing. Journal of Clinical Investigation, and quit her job and another person that was in charge of the Journal of American Medical Association didn't quit her job, but she came out stating it. So it's not just me as some kind of radical saying it. This is, in fact, what's happening. We can't trust our medical research because of Big Pharma's influence in putting out information that's false to make their drugs look better than they are or holding information back that they won't publish. So if you want to get me revved up about a topic, talk about Big Pharma.
4: I know. That's... that's, I, I did it on purpose <laughs> because it's well, really upsetting to me yeah, as well. Yeah, you got
0: the knee-jerk reaction.
4: <laughs> Horrible. And, you know, what I want to hear also is what can we do about it? You know, it's like someone talks about, you know, about world hunger or they talk about some issue that's happening in this mm-hmm. country. And, you know, it's, it's very difficult and it, we feel terrible about it, but what can we do as individuals?
0: It's so easy and so simple that we don't even see it? I mean, the answer is evolve a little bit. Care about your neighbor. Try to do something where you're giving and sharing and supporting, and be the change you want to see, like Gandhi said. It's easy. Don't spend dollars on things that are terrible, that you don't want to support, and live a healthy lifestyle. If you did that, just those things, you'd see healthcare costs go down 90%. You'd see people who are healthy. You wouldn't be taking all these stupid drugs that we take in combination most of the time. And again, I want to point out that there are definitely positive things about pharmaceutical drugs, but they should never be the first approach we take. We should always look at lifestyle when we can. As the primary medicine, if that doesn't work, then look at non-invasive therapies, you know, like chiropractic or homeopathy or acupuncture. And if that doesn't work, get radical. Use an herb or a vitamin or a mineral or a supplement of some kind. And then finally, if you don't get any place, yeah, try a drug. Keeping in mind that 400,000 people a year die from drugs in this country every year. Few people know that.
4: Yeah, no, I'm glad you're saying that and saying it more than once. People need to hear that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think you're also talking about in the book, you call it your five-point plan Uh to reduce costs and and care and make America healthier. Can you talk just talk a bit about that five-point plan?
0: Yeah, these are legislative things that would help some. And I think we need to... Uh, focus on that to an extent because it's not just all idealism where we say we evolve and then to a higher level of consciousness we do the right thing. But for now, being where we are, how about funding programs that make exercise university available and attractive? You know, that's really a good thing for everybody. There is no stronger anti-aging medicine or way of approaching keeping us healthy than good exercise, particularly as we age and about an hour a day where you sweat. Second, mm. let's tax things that aren't good for us, like junk food, and let's mm. support you know sustainable agriculture and healthy foods and supplementation. Uh, and how about we fund comparative assessment studies of some of the things that would compete with drugs and technologies and surgeries with some of the complementary and alternative things that we do? And how about we, we, we support preventive screens that are the right ones rather than so much of the, about the ones that we do? and ban direct-to-consumer ads that we don't have direct-to-consumer ads even available. You know, there are only two countries in the world that allow it, this one in New Zealand. Mm. See, now that all makes sense, and it's stuff that's in the right direction, but it's still part of the same sick paradigm that says if people aren't going to agree to things, let's make a law and change it. We need to inspire people, all people, all corporations, all parts of our culture. And so wanting to do the right thing, because it's coming from the right place. And to do that, we have to change. Otherwise, we look for revolution after revolution, where one system is not liked by the group, and they get so fed up with it like we're at today, and we got this stuff about uh, America and people walking the streets and saying we can't have these programs anymore, and so we've got uh, the the Wall, the Wall Street Occupy movement that's going every place. Yep. That's revolution. But this doesn't really make any change. That just brings new people in power. We do the same stupid thing again. Mm -hmm. If you want real change, you better think about evolving to a higher level of consciousness and realize that the buck stops with you. And you have to make those changes. You have to be the pioneer who will take that first step or two of the thousand-mile journey because without that, it never happens. And it is about that. And so you are absolutely indispensable. At making changes like what I'm talking about, yep. they can't happen if we don't have the participation of the average person of everybody. It's a collective movement that cannot be stopped once it
4: gets momentum. Wow, I love that! What if we all just stopped, you know, as much as possible, stop taking drugs, stop buying them, you know, stop supporting uh, what we don't really want to support anymore? Right. Well,
0: stop stepping over the people and. San Francisco, okay, that are homeless. How about we spend a few dollars on those poor people who've been in psychiatric hospitals, many of them because they're war vets with PTSD?
2: Yep.
0: Why don't we take care of our own instead of going out and spending trillions of dollars, okay, in, in defense? I mean, it's
4: that, insane. I agree with you. It's all about
0: what? Money. It's all about making money at the highest level. People talk about these conspiracy theories. They aren't conspiracy theories, that's the reality of how this world works at least in, in, in the modern world.
4: Yeah, and it's all fear-based. Yes, you know, it it's, it's like everything from our um, defense system in terms of the military right. to, to cancer treatment to right. everything that we're talking about right. is, is, is to get people fearful. That's right. Scare them a lot. And if you look at the TV ads from the pharmaceuticals, that's what they do. That's right. You know, so you scare people and then, and they're watching it and they're going, oh my gosh, you know, I have those symptoms. You know, I, I better get on that drug.
0: Exactly. Not realizing they don't listen to the last half of the, of the thing that's talking about strokes and seizures and heart attacks and deaths and, you know, convulsions. I mean, hello. And then what's it for? Oh, I have restless legs.
4: that's so true yeah, oh okay. my gosh
0: i mean we've been brainwashed into thinking we need everything and, well, and see, mostly, yeah. a lot of these drugs don't even work you no, look you at see. the ssr antidepressants they don't even work and there's good data to support that they don't it's a scam
4: i know and i loved how in the book you call it the purple pill
0: oh give me a break
4: <laughs> the purple pill that everybody wants you know we're you know—it's we're. A, addicted in this country, and that's another story in another show. But uh, we need to take a break, and we will be right back with Dr. Len Saputo.
1: The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Is there a difference between dream work and intuition? The relationship is closer than you think. These are mutually supportive concepts. When you dream, your intuition serves as a foreshadow of the future and can bring rapid results through dream analysis. Tune in to The Partnership of Intuition and Dreams with your host, Dr. Marcia Emery. Explore this unique relationship and learn to understand how the symbolism of dreams can be clarified. Listen every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
3: Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.EmpoweredHealer.com or call her toll-free at 866 2121 Dr Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Balboa Press and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121.
1: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek Greater Awareness.
2: We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held,
3: we are held. You are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to theempoweredhealer at comcast.net. Now back to the program.
4: Welcome back. This is the Empowered Healer Show, Dr. Susan Allison. And we're just winding up the show, last segment talking with Dr. Len Saputo, author of A Return to Healing. Radical Health Reform and the Future of Medicine. And I wanted you, Len, to tell people how they can connect with you, buy your book, and talk about your wonderful website.
0: Well, thank you very much. Uh, a lot of what I'm doing here in these areas is getting my information out so people can see it. And uh, the book, A Return to Healing, is available on Amazon. You can also get it on our site, which is drsaputo.com, and that's doctor spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R, and Saputo is S-A-P-U-T-O, so it's drsaputo.com. And all the information on my site is free. We charge nothing for anything, but you must be a member to get the information, and it costs nothing to be a member. What you'll get is uh, 2,000 audios and videos that I have made myself or with my wife, Vicki, who's my partner, uh, or with someone like uh, you, Susan, who is an expert mm-hmm. that uh, we interview. And they're in the range of three to ten minutes long, most of them. So we have twenty, excuse me, thirty-three health assessments, diabetes, hypertension, cancer, strokes, or whatever condition you can think of, that take less than three minutes to fill out because they're yes, no, or multiple choice. And what you'll get back is instantly is audios and videos that are the ones you need to listen to that will educate you about what it is that this illness is doing to you, what it's about, and what you can do from an integrated point of view to manage it in conjunction with your doctor. We mm-hmm. don't give advice because you're not our patient, but we give you suggestions that are very powerful that will give you ideas of what you can do. So that's uh, how you can reach me. Uh, and, and, and so I would go to drsabuda.com or go to Amazon if you want to get the book, A Return to Healing.
4: Wonderful. Thank you. And I, I want to tell all my listeners it's a great read, incredible book. And I hope you all get it and become empowered to change what's happening in the medical system and in healthcare. So I wanted to actually. Talk a little bit about health care because I know in the book and you also say a lot most you know, a lot of doctors now are favoring single payer universal health care. I wonder mm-hmm. if you could talk about that a bit.
0: Sure. Well we all deserve health care. It's it's just the way it is. We I mean who doesn't deserve to have health care? But single payer is gonna give us what? More of the same kind of style that we have. So I'm not really thinking that the style of medicine is what is gonna dictate whether or not I like single payer. Single-payer or universal health care, we deserve. But we need health care reform. That we didn't get back in 2010. Yep. What we got was insurance reform and really the preservation of the status quo.
2: Yep.
0: So we need to do something to make... And we can do that ourselves. See, we don't need an insurance program or we don't need a healthcare system that's telling us what to do because we can take responsibility ourselves. If you will just realize that most of the illnesses that we have are epigenetic, not genetic. And what I mean by that is our DNA doesn't doom us to certain conditions. The epigenetics means the lifestyle factors that we expose ourselves to are profoundly important. And when you have Bruce Lifton on this show, he will talk to you about that in great detail because there's a ton you can do. So eat healthy food. If you don't put the raw materials you need into your cells, they can't make the products that you want. Don't put toxic things in there because they will make you sick, and that's what our diet's consisted of now. Exercise every day for a half an hour or an hour and sweat. That's how you detoxify. Get eight hours of sleep a night because that's how you restore and repair. Don't weigh too much because that taxes our body and puts it in an inflamed state. Reduce your stress the best that you can because stress is a big killer and causes inflammation. And, of course, inflammation is what's causing this epidemic of chronic diseases. And most important of all, if you take nothing else home, have a meaningful purpose in your life. That's the juice of life. Be engaged in the moment. Be present. Be thoughtful. Be good to yourself. Be good to your friends.
4: Mm, Wonderful advice. I love that. Yep. So yeah, I just um I'm still wanting if you can say anything about the healthcare system in the sense of besides the different things we can do as individuals, you know, is there a way for us to have universal healthcare that's similar to Norway or similar to I've lived in New Zealand, I've lived in England where you just go to the doctor and yeah. and people are very gracious and everyone it's not dependent on your economics. Sure. You know who it is that you can see, sure. and it was such a—it was just amazing, of just to take my children and go to the doctor in England. And are we ever going to get there?
0: Well, it depends on whether or not we evolve. Because the problem is—is is it's certainly available. I mean, go back to two thousand nine, when Barack Obama was talking about. The change we need, okay, and about how we're going to have healthcare reform and that we should have a universal healthcare system. And the country all said, yes, 65% of us all thought, yes, we want universal healthcare. The doctors wanted it. And we didn't hear much from the insurance company or the drug industry. That was just quiet. And then little by little, those brilliant people in advertising and in, in doing things that gets them what, get the, get, that has the business practices to get them where they want, they bought Congress. Mm-hmm. For $500 million, which is nothing, when you look at a $2.8 trillion business, which is what healthcare is, mm-hmm. it all changed because they yeah. gave about a million dollars to each person in Congress because that's $500 million or 525 people in Congress.
4: Oh, my God. All right?
0: Then they voted because they had to because they, they got fed by somebody who said, well, I gave you a million bucks. What are you going to do about it? So little by little, the country said, oh, no, universal health care is no good and uh, the Congress voted uh, to make it very difficult for Barack Obama to do what he set out to do, and we wound up with some minor changes in the insurance industry, not much, but some of the atrocities were taken away, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So what can we do about it? Take care of yourself. Do the lifestyle things. Mm-hmm. Go see a naturopath or a chiropractor. Don't just go to your doctor who's going to prescribe you a bunch of drugs as the primary thing. I know that's what I used to do. Yep. so there's a ton we can do but we have to start evolving as a humanity yes. and we have to go back to those principles of culture and live in peace and harmony and love one another and share and give and do all those good things and think for yourself be authentic
4: mm-hmm. wonderful yeah, and I just, you know, we only have just a, just a few more, you know, seconds actually. I wanted you just to say how important a healing circle is so that other people out there perhaps could start them.
0: Yeah, well see, we can all be our own healer, healing circles. And what we do is we bring five or six people together of different disciplines. We spend two hours with our patients who are having challenging times. We charge them nothing. It's a service. The idea is to be with, not to do things to people. And to try and encourage them to, to look inward and share what their challenges are because the meaning of illness in the context of our whole life story and who we are is really the essence of why we get sick in the first place most of the time in my opinion. So these healing circles have been wonderful. We've done a few hundred of them and people definitely see things in a different light. They become inspired to know that they yep. can change and they've got support to do it.
4: Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I hope that um, other people listening can learn from what you said today and can change their lives and change the system. And um, thank you so much for being on the show, Len. You've been so inspiring.
0: Well, Susan, like I said at the beginning, you're a breath of fresh air, and I hope you have millions of listeners tuning into your show because you deserve it.
4: Thank you so much, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thank you everybody for being here today and I look forward to being with you next week. My guest is Bill Gladstone, co-author with Jack Canfield of the Golden Motorcycle Gang. Until then, it's Dr. Susan Allison wishing you everything good.
3: Thank you again for listening to the Empowered Healer Show. Please join your host, Dr. Susan Allison, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Until then, have an empowering and fulfilling week. We are held in the arms of the goddess.